0: And uh, what a beautiful psalm before us this morning. It's really a continuation of what we started last week. We saw there in Psalm 103, one and two, where David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And we saw David there preaching to himself, preaching to us as well, obviously, as the Holy Spirit was moving through him, recorded for us instruction for us but we also get instruction just from what david was doing david was preaching to himself he was saying soul you need to bless god soul you need to worship god you need to honor god not with just part of your being but with all of your being with all of your thoughts and all of your actions and all your steps bless the lord And listen, that is a sermon that we need to be preaching to our soul, our heart and our mind on a continual basis. We talked about the fact that, listen, the preacher you're gonna hear most in your life, and you've heard me say this before, you'll hear me say it again because it's truth and we need to be reminded of it. The preacher that you're gonna hear more than anyone in your life is yourself. And what are the sermons that you are preaching to yourself? Are you absolutely, again, preaching truth to yourself? To do that, we got to meditate or think on the word. We need to absolutely be a people that are walking as disciples, putting the Lord Jesus first and be aware that there is a floodgate of idols out there that is wanting to come in and influence us to put Jesus second or third or fourth or way down on the list. Again, preaching to himself Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he says, forget not all his benefits. And we saw there in Psalm 103, David listing so many reasons to bless the Lord. Few of them, including he forgives our iniquities. He heals our diseases. He redeems our lives from destruction. And he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Those are good reasons to bless the Lord, O our soul. He even talks about how he separates our sin as far as the East is from the West. Boy, isn't that reason to bless the Lord with all of your soul? Even with all this going on, maybe in the midst of trials or tribulations to know I'm forgiven. I'm washed by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. My time here is short. God's gonna work all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purposes. And I know where I am going forever forever freed up from a world that is marred by sin to a new heaven and new earth with my God forever and ever and ever. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Are you getting encouraged already? I hope you are. Are you getting you know, reminded of God's goodness so far? I hope that you are. And absolutely, David, as he moves here into Psalm 104, continues again on this theme. Notice there, verse one, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh Lord, my God, you are very great you are clothed with honor and with majesty. And it's interesting in this chapter, David moves to really begin to list many glorious works of the Lord. Many things that God does in creation. He talks about ministering angels. He even talks about the great flood and the awesome power of God. And again, the earth being covered with water. He talks about God's great power and eternal glory the Lord being clothed with light, and so much more. And really, I'm hoping as we go through this that our hearts are stirred to bless the Lord, oh, my soul, that we get these truths before us, that we would leave here with these truths in our hearts, that we would remember that, look at when I'm getting tempted not to bless the Lord or if I'm drifting, whatever, I wanna get back to who my God is. I will remember that, again, All that he does and all that he's doing that my focus will be upon him because i tell you when that's the case there's a joy that's in our heart there's a well that springs up there's absolutely strength that comes from upon high when we are blessing the lord with all of our soul look at our soul nothing else is worthy to take precedence in any area in our soul except the lord jesus christ and he is and his goodness and his person and let me tell you again in doing that you won't miss out on a thing but you absolutely will walk in joy you'll walk in the you know the prosperity of the lord in saying that not not talking about you know health and wealth nonsense but prospering and growing in god walking with the lord you know what walking in the light as he is in the light and i'll tell you that's where life is found so again notice how he starts this again bless the lord O oh my soul that continuation And then he says, oh Lord, and I love it, my God. He is my God. Yes, he is the God, he's the only God, but David confidently saying, he is my God. And listen, David said that he was his God, not based on David's actions or David's, you know, what works, but based on, again, in the Old Testament, the promise of that Messiah who was to come look at david was a man who knew he was a sinner he knew he needed forgiveness he knew he needed a savior he knew the promises of the old testament of that savior who would come that serpent would bruise the seal but that savior to come was going to crush his head and through faith in that savior to come and again in that old testament when they would bring animal sacrifice They knew that, again, that didn't take away their sin, but it was an act of faith of the one who would come who would take away their sin. And so David confidently said, he is my God because I have faith in that Savior to come. And this morning, look at this morning, let me ask, are you in Christ Jesus? Have you said yes to Jesus? Can you say amen to that? We can say, he is my God. I have a personal relationship with him because he atoned for my sins. He took away that thing that separated me from him. He atoned for my rebellion. He took it upon himself. He laid down his life and he took it back up and he defeated those things. And when I called on his name, when I responded to that conviction of the Holy Spirit upon me, and I said, yes, Jesus, save me, he became my God. And he is our God. Get that in your heart and your mind. He is my God and we are his people and that will be the case forever and ever. And today, if you can't say he is your God, if you haven't called upon the name of Christ, that can all change right now. Call upon the Lord. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And really what that is is saying, I'm not Lord anymore. It's not my way anymore. I want to put faith in him. Be the Lord of my life. Govern my life, Lord, according to your word. I say yes to Jesus. So he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. This word clothed, it's really a biblical expression often used to describe an attribute or a position. The Bible talks about us in Christ being clothed with righteousness, it talks about putting off the old man to be clothed with the new man. We read about some people being clothed with humility and others marked with a clothing of pride. We know God's opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. But as for God, listen, he's clothed with honor and majesty. It's really one word there in the Hebrew for majesty. We get honor and majesty together here in the English to help us understand the the broadness of the word being put forth there. The word majesty, it means dignity and authority of sovereign power. Again, God is the sovereign power. He is above all things. He's clothed with that power, with that majesty. It means a quality or state which inspires awe or reverence. And again, when you really see God for who He is, when you open up God's Word, when you read a Psalm 103 and a Psalm 104, look at I don't know about you, but that puts an awe in my heart. This is truth that's being laid out here. This isn't just some shepherd writing poems in some field somewhere looking at sheep. This is a man that the Holy Spirit was moving to pen the Scripture to give us insights to who God is, his awesomeness and so forth. And I just pray this morning that our hearts are stirred with a fresh awe of God Almighty, a fresh fear of the Lord. That word awesome, listen, it gets abused so often. We use it for many, many things and it starts to lose its meaning. Awesome is where, again, it's from from that word awe. And our God is awesome awesome and he's clothed with awesomeness he's clothed with majesty he's clothed with honor and again let's willingly give him that honor willingly giving him that praise because hear this the people that don't want to do it the day's going to come when their knee will be bent i don't want to have to have my knee bent i want to willingly bend my knee and say yes lord you are good you are awesome you are so good to us and then think about look at even if you know what i think sometimes to help us in these things at least this is how my mind works maybe it's just the way that i'm wired i think about you know what how people describe that word awesome to so many things and how even men are in awe of other men more oftentimes than even believers are in awe of their god i don't know about you but that just stirs something in me that says you know what no enough of this nonsense god is worthy of that praise god is awesome because even if there's anything going on over here you know as some kid does some great skateboard trick or something like well that's awesome and i get it i'm not trying to condemn anyone for using that word but look at the only reason that kid can do that is because god gave him the power to be able to do it and so forth and so on you know michael jordan dunk awesome listen god gave that guy those hops God gave that guy that ability. God gave, again, even men an enjoyment of a game and so forth. He is the awesome one. And so remember that whenever you look at anything, go, wow, how awesome. God is the orchestrator behind all of those things. He is the father of lights, the giver of good gifts. Notice verse two, and we're gonna try to keep this fast paced this morning because we got a lot of verses before us. Notice I didn't even put them all together in a chunk. I just broke them down because we'd have two more pages of notes. And so notice verse two, "Who, who, who cover yourself with light as a garment, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Again, he is light. And listen, light is good. In light, there's no sin. There's no lies. There's no deceit. There's no shadiness. Look at in the Lord, there's no shadow of turning. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we can take comfort in that. Look at praise God that we don't have to worry about catching God on a bad day. His love for us is consistent. His holiness is consistent. His long-suffering is consistent. His love, kindness, and his mercy, and so forth. He is pure. When you read it in his word, you can know, yes, this is truth. There's nothing shady in this. There's nothing shady in him. Light is good. Look at darkness is oftentimes what men seek out to sin in. In the light, you can see where you're going. When darkness comes, you have a tendency to stumble over things. We're going to talk about pets in this text here in a little bit, and uh, you know, just to to get things going for that. Somehow, in the last few years we've ended up with a couple Labradoodles. Never thought I'd say that, never thought those words would ever come out of my mouth. And then on top of that, I was a pit bull man most of my life. Now we're at Labradoodles. Those Labradoodles somehow finagled their way into our bedroom, sleeping on the floor, and they got that color that's the same as half the rugs in the house. And sometimes at night I have to get up and go about, take care of business and whatnot, and I, now I have to go like this, I have to sweep the floor because I can't see. I don't want to step on one of those little dogs there and whatnot. In the light, I can see him. In the light, we can see where we're going. Look it, let's walk in the light. First John 1, 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him, notice, is no darkness at all. Isn't that good? No shadiness at all. No wickedness at all. On day one, we know he said, let there be light, and there was light. On day four, he put the sun and moon in place as a source of the light, but he put the light in before that. And praise God, he invites us to walk in the light. Are you walking in the light? Listen, listen to 1 John 1, 6 and 7. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. Let's not say I have you know I have a relationship with God but my life's all about darkness pursuing things of darkness you're lying to yourself you're lying to God. That's so all I got grace so I can go walk in darkness. Look at don't lie to God and say you walk in the light. We've been saved by the light the Lord Jesus Christ so now we can walk in the light. So we can fellowship with the Lord. And listen, this is beautiful. If that just meant I have to have this perfectness, you know, in it, it me practically to be able to do that, I'm in trouble. But walking in the light means I can come before the Lord and say, God, I'm bringing my struggles to you and I wanna bring them to the light. And God, I'm bringing my worries before you. I wanna bring them into the light. And Lord God, you know you delivered me out of 20 years of that bondage and I know positionally I'm free and I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away and now Lord, I'm trying to get out of this. I'm trying to practically get through it and so I'm bringing the struggle to you and I'm walking in the light. And I want to get in your word and I want to be truthful before you. And Lord, I want you, if I, if I want to bless the Lord with all my soul, I got to say, Lord, I know you already see all my soul. Lord, come and minister to all my soul. I bring it all before you. That's what walking in the light is a true relationship with the Lord, an honesty with God. Even if it's a place where I do have this sin and it's darkness and Lord, there's part of me not wanting to let it go. We'll bring that to the Lord and bring that to the light and say, God, begin to change my heart. Begin to put a hatred in me for the things that you hate and a love for the things that you love in my heart. Also, it says here, again, notice here, where's that at? I'm already losing my place you stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Think about the awesomeness of God. Think about creation. Um, you know, we, there, there's a big curtain in the back there. The other one got ripped down because we're moving stuff. That one will come down soon. But that curtain comes out and it covers half the back of the sanctuary there. And all you gotta do is undo the thing and pull it out there. Think about God, he created the heavens. It was just it, Easier than that though, just stretching out his hand and all the heavens, the beauty that we see that just goes beyond man's comprehension he just stretched it out like a curtain nothing for him that's an awesome awesome God and yet how many times do people go out and say boy look at those awesome stars you know what 14 billion years ago it all exploded and it was all there nonsense look how awesome it is look at how awesome the guy is that made that telescope so we could see that how awesome dude God just stretched that out like a curtain that's how awesome our God is clothed with majesty indeed, and, and honor. Verse three, he lays the beams of the upper changer, chambers and the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angels spirits, his ministers, a flame of fire. I mean, look at the picture being painted here. It's, it's really a, the picture of God, not just creating everything, not just stretching out the heavens and then getting bored and then moving on to something else but it's God engaging his creation. Again, the beams of the upper chambers with waters. Look at it pours out and then it gets stocked back up, who again makes the clouds his chariot. I think this is maybe where we get the idea of floating around on clouds and glory. This sounds a little better though, boy, check out that cloud, check out my chariot over there, you know, rims and whatnot. Uh, and then he walks on the wings of the wind look at i look at this and i see god engaged in creation and beautifully listen even all the more he wants to be engaged with us again he laid down his life for us so we could have relationship with him i love psalm 40 verse 5 it says your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order That's how much he wants to engage with you. His thoughts towards you cannot even be counted. Later in the Psalms, it says his thoughts towards us outnumber the sands of the seas. So listen, he wants to engage with us. He engages with creation. He wants to engage with us. The question is, will we engage with him? And sadly, you look around the world today and you see so many that say, no, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in engaging. I wanna be my own God. I want to do what's right in my own eyes. I want to suppress truth and unrighteousness and I'll convince myself that, you know what, my my grandmother was an ape and we're the product of time plus slime. and you put enough to it, anything's possible. When the evidences of God are all around us, the evidence of the life and resurrection of Christ all around us, the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon all of us, let's not be like the world, let's engage the lord amen let's walk with them let's abound he listen he knocks continually open up that door and dine with them and then also notice he sends his angels to minister to carry out his will we just finished the book of revelation a few weeks ago and it is amazing how many times you see angels caring about the will of god there in the book of revelation all those judgments brought forth by angels and then you can go the other side of angels strengthening god's people i kind of marveled at this the other day i was reading through the gospel of luke and my devotions and they're in luke twenty-two forty-three, and it's the lord when he was he, he was he was heavy-hearted about going to the cross there in the garden of the gethsemane and he had asked Peter and James and John to pray for him. And they kept falling asleep. But it says there in verse 43, that an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. And I just stepped back and I thought, what what's that look like? Again, it's a picture of the Lord's humanity. We know Jesus was 100% God, 100% man. And yet in his humanity, this angel came and strengthened him. It says, even after he was tempted in the wilderness, there in Matthew 4, 11, the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And think about this, this awesome God who we serve, he sends angels to minister to us, to strengthen us. And in, in, for the most part, we're oblivious to that practically. And I think we're better off being oblivious to it practically, but praise God, just the knowing that the Lord absolutely, sends ministering angels the bible even says sometimes we entertain people not knowing that they are angels that's pretty awesome the key thing is never worship them go read the book of revelation the end of it john falls down and worships that angel he says what are you doing worship god and get in the word john worship god i think we'll be very surprised when we stand before god on judgment day and we get the playback of our life and how many times we saw God sending his angels to intervene. I know my, uh, my daughter, two of my daughters and their friends, they were in Santa Maria this week and they got T-boned down there. Uh, you know, someone swerved, someone came over and hit them. Praise God, it wasn't their fault. No one was on their phone. They were all buckled up. Glory to God, glory to Jesus. But God kept them perfectly safe in that car and it was fairly bent up. And then, you know what, they're like, oh my goodness. And there's, there's a lady on the corner, you know, at some grandma type who saw the whole thing go down. And she just said, girls, calm down and minister to them and shared it. And, and, and again, I'm not saying she was an angel, but it did make me think about those angels that come that intervene. And the Bible says, beware, you might be entertaining strangers, but it's really angels. Our God's awesome. God can supply our need and he does at every single turn. Verse five, it says, you who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be moved. And so again, God spoke and the foundations were laid in place and they're not moved. They stand still despite man's sin. Look at the ground we stand on this morning, it's solid. Aren't you glad we don't walk around on an escalator? It's solid, it's a firm footing that we could absolutely live our lives here on this earth. We can go to and fro and such. I would say the question would be, what are we doing and what are we about? What kind of paths are we treading here on this earth? Again, God gave the foundation, but how are we walking about on it? And then also do we remember, and I think this is so huge for us, We only get so many steps here on this earth. Listen, God has a number of days appointed for each one of us. It's written down, it is what it is. He has the same, again, written down the number of steps. And so again, as he laid the foundation of the earth, it's standing underneath us, it's firm. Let me ask you, are you about his business or are we about aimless conduct? just running amok look at the children of israel who david again was king over the bible says this when they really had lost their way except for a remnant in jeremiah eighteen fifteen, because my people have forgotten me they have burned incense to worthless idols and they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways notice from the ancient paths to walk in pathways and not on a highway Walk on those ancient paths, the ancient paths of Scripture. But there's a real push today by many of these modernists that have infiltrated the church, wolves in sheep's clothing, and they want to cry out and bring accusation against the Bible. It's an ancient book. It's time we get over that. It's time to change things. It's time to put these things to the side. And yet they still want to call themselves Christians. Let me tell you about that ancient book that you got in your hands this morning, those ancient verses that you got in, those ha- in your hands this morning. That is the word of God. And when every man no longer walks on the face of this earth, the word of God is gonna go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Lord, help us to walk in your paths on this foundation that we stand on. We also know again, again, it says here, that it should not be moved forever. And some would say, well, isn't there gonna be a new heaven and new earth? Is that a contradiction? Well, it's not because there will be a new heaven and a new earth, but it's like our bodies. Listen, these bodies, some people say, I'm gonna have a new body one day. Oh, what a glorious day. You're like, oh, my knee's hurting today. I'm really looking forward to that, you know? Uh, we, we know, again, those that are dead in Christ will be resurrected. Those that are alive and remain will be caught up will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We'll have a new body. Well, technically we will, but technically we won't because the Bible says these bodies will be transformed. And so when you read in a scripture about the earth standing forever, then you go to Revelation 21 and 1 Peter and these other places where it talks about a new heaven. It's not a contradiction. It's like our bodies is going to be transformed. It's going to be made anew. This earth is going to get a big upgrade in the near future. And that's an amazing thing because David is even... Giving glory to God for the awesomeness here on earth. And this earth is actually in a fallen state. Can you imagine how the new heaven and the new earth are going to be the awesomeness of that and the awesomeness before us in fact it says in revelation 21 4 about this new heaven and new earth god will wipe every tear from their eyes there'll be no more death nor sorrow nor crying no more pain the former things have passed away and it says that the lamb is going to light the new heaven and the new earth our god is an awesome god bless the lord oh my soul amen. amen notice six down through nine it's a description of the worldwide flood in noah's day so he's talking about creation and now he talks about the awesomeness of even judgment and the awesomeness in God covering this whole earth with water that's an awesome feat he says you covered it with the deep as with a garment the water stood above the mountains at your rebuke they fled at the voice of your thunder they hastened away They went up over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place which you founded for them. You have set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they may not return to cover the earth. And indeed, when you read the details about Noah's flood, first of all, we know that the earth was watered by a mist that came up. There had never been a single raindrop upon the earth before Noah's flood. It's all the more that people thought Noah was crazy when he said, I'm building this ark, a flood's coming and I'm gonna, uh, you know what, if, if you wanna get saved, you gotta get in this ark. Like, what are you talking about, Noah? It doesn't even rain, it comes out of the bottom. But he knew, God gave him prophetic insight. And we know there was a firmament, firmament over the earth and we know that that broke, that the the water poured out. We also know the deeps of the earth broke up and it came up as well. And absolutely, water covered the fullness of the earth we know this was the product again of sin and god's judgment upon sin interesting in genesis 6 5 it says the lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and this is so sad that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually that that's well, i don't want to get ahead of myself but that's the day we're living in today and that's why all the more we want to say i want to put my mind on the lord I want to bless the Lord, oh, my soul, because the bulk of this world, their minds are on evil continually. You're like, well, my neighbor don't know the Lord, but he's a good guy. Listen, if God is not his Lord, those thoughts are aimless conduct. And again, maybe man to man, you can say, well, that's a good thought. But if God is not the purpose and the reason that they live, there's an evil behind that. Someone's Lord of everyone's life. And if it's not Jesus, it's somebody else. This was obviously obviously a next level of evil that their minds were continually on. And it says, the Lord was sorry. He made man on the earth and his heart was grieved. So again, he told Noah who found favor with God because of grace, because of his faith in that savior to come, I'm gonna destroy this world. I'm gonna flood it. Well, you talk about a step of faith. I think we need to give Noah a whole lot more airtime in the step of faith that he took. Because not only had it never rained, he built that boat for 120 stinking years. That's crazy. And it says he preached the whole while. And we know that flood came. It was him and seven family members. They were the only ones that believed, the only ones that found grace through faith. And we know that flood came. We know again there in Genesis seven nineteen the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. It says in verse 21, all flesh died. And then in God's perfect timing, we know that the rain, the waters rescinded. And we know afterwards, what did God give? He gave a rainbow in the sky as a covenant that he would never flood the earth again. Notice Genesis nine thirteen I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And listen, when you see a rainbow up in the sky, isn't an awesome sight when you see that rainbow? Listen, give glory to God. Everyone should remember that's God, that seven colored rainbow is God promising us it's a covenant that we can see that he's never going to flood the earth in its totality again. And so David here recounting the awesomeness of it, Giving God the glory, again, it's a picture of his majesty and his greatness and his vastness. And yet we know that Jesus told us before he comes at the end of the age that the days we live in will be like the days of Noah. They'll be like the days of Lot where again, men's hearts are set upon evil. Men's thoughts are continually wicked. Notice what Jesus said in Luke 17, 26, as it was in the days of Noah, so will be in the days of the son of man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given a marriage. Notice, until that day Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Aren't you glad that God didn't wait for the water to be up Noah's neck and then plucked him out, tossed him up in the ark? No, he went in and the door shut and then the wrath came. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on that day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. And aren't you glad it wasn't as Noah was halfway through town, he started getting pelted by fire and brimstone and somehow he got out? No, he got out and then the fire came. He says, even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And I'll tell you what, again, these days are so much like the days of Noah and Lot. I I, I I, know you guys don't live under rocks. You know what I'm talking about when I even say that. How sad that even this, this covenant that God has given us, that he'll never destroy the earth with a flood, flood, has been absolutely horrendously hijacked by an antichrist movement that says no we're going to use this to represent sodomy we're going to use this to represent homosexuality we're going to use this to represent men acting like women and women acting like men listen that angers god hear this that is a sin to this day and i know everyone tries to walk around eggshells around it we know the church is trying to accommodate this stuff. I, I don't know if I shared it on Sunday, but I shared it on Wednesday. There's a church in our community doing a sexuality concert, uh, conference, and they're bringing in a self-professed homosexual Anglican priest to teach it. I got news for that guy. He says, "I'm celibate. I got news for him. No one's born gay, and you better believe no one's born again gay." You might have a gay struggle, bring that to the light and let God, who is the healer, put faith in God to help heal you practically. Versus this is the way I am, I'm attracted to fellas. That is an antichrist doctrine. That is unscriptural. But guys, we're in a day like the days of Lot when this stuff is everywhere. This thing, these things are permeating all of our culture and they wanna push it more, the attack on our children. Look at that, this, this is all the product of that behavior amongst men and women. That's not enough. Listen, you give, you give Satan an inch, we know how the story goes. He wants one mile, then another mile, and another mile. We're so far down the road, you better believe Jesus Christ is coming soon. And he said he wouldn't destroy the earth with water again, but you better believe he said he's gonna destroy it with fire. And if you're numb to these things, or even if what I'm saying right now is offending you, you need to be offended and you need to repent because these things are foul. Now again, I'm not trying just to pick on that sin. Sin is sin, but this is the sin being used to usher in an antichrist agenda and to greatly attack the church and to go after children. You better believe they're all related. The good news is that God forgives. The good news is that the Lord wants to set you free. And that's my message to every sinner out there because I can firsthand tell you, my Lord, forgive me and my Lord has set me free and God's doing a good work in me and you and he wants to do that in everyone's life out there according to the scriptures. But we're living in these days. So let's be about his business. Let's acknowledge him. Listen, let's be a people that speak truth, even if it means, boy, here comes some, you know what, here comes some backlash. Here comes, you know what, Steve, you might offend somebody. Look, at if God's word offends you, you need to be offended. I'll put it like that. If I offend you, and I know I can do that too, I, 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 you know what, forgive me if it's me. But God's word, listen, this is God's word. This is God's plan. Nature itself teaches these things are foul. Quit watching, you know, at sitcoms describing this stuff as some happy lifestyle. Go really talk to people embedded in this and they'll tell you there's a misery, a destruction that comes to the soul, to the body and the spirit of these individuals. And now they're pushing it on, their, on our children. Listen, we gotta wake up. The church needs to be revived. I'll tell you, if there's pastors out there not talking about this stuff, you got a wolf or a hireling in the pulpit. Period. This stuff needs to be talked about, preached about with the gospel, the good news. Listen, there's an answer, a solution. You know what it is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. It's letting God renew your mind. He wants to renew our minds. That's good news is what that is. And God is good. Notice verse 10, it says, he sends the springs into the valleys. They flow among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. By them, the birds of the heavens have their home. They sing among the branches. He waters the hills from his upper chambers and the earth is satisfied with the fruit of your works. What a beautiful picture. It's the declaration that God takes care of the beast and the birds, I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I do, it's almost always YouTube. (laughs) And I have like about three critter critter cams that I watch, and ones ones uh, in Africa, and it's just a a, a camera that's all the time where there's a pond, and I'll, I'll I'll flip that on and look at. I've seen giraffes, I've seen hippopotamus, I have seen elephants, I've seen hyenas. I've seen lions all come to that pond there for water. You're like, you watch a lot of TV, Steve. Not just random. They're drawn to the water. And here's the thing you look at, oh, how awesome. Well, God gave that beast life, and God brought that water for those beasts. The birds of the air. When you get up and you see that early bird pulling that worm there out of that grass, that's not by chance. That's God ordaining that worm for that bird on that day. Isn't that awesome? Look at that and know that's why God's awesome hand at play. And one thing I've noticed about all those beasts, whether it's those beasts on the cam or the bird in the hair or even the labradoodles in the house, I've never seen one of them with a worried look on their face. You even see the pond getting low. You're like, oh man, they need some rain there. They're not coming up saying, oh boy, we better ration this out. Boy, oh, we're worried here. We're worried. The Lord talks about this. He says, you're of more value than the birds of the air. He says, he knows when even a sparrow falls to the ground. And he encourages us not to be worried about our next drink, our next meal, our provisions, but instead he says in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow, worries, uh, tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Boy, isn't that true? Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. 14, he causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man that he may bring forth food from the earth. So basically he's saying, I give you beast of the field or cattle to feed us. And then he says, I give you vegetation to feed you as well. God brings that. When you eat that steak and salad, that's from the Lord, God is awesome. You're like, no meat for me. I'll have bugs and a side of tofu. Well, even that, not for me, might be for you. Again, gifts from God. Let's be thankful for what we eat. Let's sanctify it. Notice 1 Timothy 4, 4, for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it's received with thanksgiving for it's sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. Don't get out of the habit of not genuinely thanking God for the meal before you. Notice 15 and the wine that makes glad the heart of man, oil that makes his face shine and bread that strengthens man's heart. Now notice he doesn't say wine so men would get drunk. It doesn't say that. It's wine and oil to be blessed by, but not to abuse. Let's be filled with the Spirit, not drunk with wine so that we can give thanks to God for good gifts, to be sober-minded in that, to be abounding in the Spirit. And you think about the bread that strengthens man's heart. Yes, there's a physical bread, but... The Lord said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hopefully this morning, you're getting bread in your soul. Hopefully this morning, you're getting strengthened in your soul by God's word. And then notice 16, the trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon, which he planted, where the birds make their nest, the stork has her home in the fir tree, the high hills for the wild goats and the cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers. So again, seep sap from trees uh nest for birds hills for goats have you ever seen some of those videos and maybe you've seen it in real life where there there's there's cliff sides that are almost as straight up of this wall with little divots and there's goats all over those things i i mean you look at it you're like wow that's awesome that's god's handiwork right there and i love it he even has a refuge for rock badgers or you know, those hydrics, little goat-like beings and whatnot, you'll see those in Israel if you go with this down by En But I just thought about this, you know what? And Jesus for people, he's our refuge, amen. Verse 19, he appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows it's going down. Interesting, in Jeremiah 31, the Lord speaks to this. He gives the sun, he gives the moon for ordinances. And he talks there about if those things cease, so will the seed of Israel cease. And you gotta know when you see the sun that's programmed to come up every day and the moon that follows it every single night, that not only is a picture of the awesome hand of God, it's a reminder to us that God is faithful to his people and he's faithful to his promises. Because especially when that was written in the Old Testament, if, nations, if Israel ceased to be a nation, it would mean there'd be no savior because the savior came through the nation of Israel. And in our day, we know that the Lord will rule over all Israel who will be saved in the millennial reign of Christ. And so, again, that's a reminder of God's faithfulness to us. Verse 20, it says, You made the darkness and its night in which all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar after their prey and they seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they gather together and lie down in their dens. Man goes to work and his labor and to his labor until the evening. And again, you just see God's order in things. Again, I I, I praise God that throughout the day, we'll just stick to a Tascadero. I don't see possum and raccoons and skunks running about. Every once in a while, you see one, generally they're even in their dens, they're in their places. But boy, they come out at night, don't they? They're all over the place, scratching and crawling and stinking things up and whatnot. But as they go out, God provides for them. And then he gives day to men to go out and work, to go out and labor. And again, as we talked about darkness and light, oftentimes with men, again, bad things have a tendency to happen at dark. More crimes are committed in the dark. More sin is committed in the dark. And so I see God's even restraining hand in this. We'll bring the lions out at night so they go back to their wives where they should be during the day. You know, is it worth going out and getting devoured by a lion and whatnot? But he does give us the day to work and let's again make sure we're about the work God's called us to. Jesus said the night is coming when no one can work. So now is the time to work. Now is the time to be about his business on this earth he's given us to walk on. Verse 24 O oh Lord, how manifold are your works, and wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions, the great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming things, living things, both small and great. There the ships sail about. There is that Leviathan which you have made to play there. These all wait for you. You give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand and they are filled with good. Isn't that beautiful? Again, in his wisdom, he made it all. And you see the wisdom of God and the workings of creation. I love it. The earth is full of your possessions. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, which is Bible way of saying he owns it all. The gold and silver is his. God has no problem providing for his people no matter what economy is going on. So again, when individuals wanna mock God, I wanna mock fear mongers when they try to come against the people of God. My God is in control. I wanna be a good steward of what he puts into my hands. And then how beautifully the sea creatures, men on boats, and I love it, innumerable teeming things. There's so much about the ocean that we don't even know about so many things underneath those waters. He talks about Leviathan, and Leviathan has talked a lot about in Scripture, this great sea serpent. And uh, you know what? Perhaps practically that serpent's no longer there, but I know some folks in Loch Ness that would say that's not the case. Look, there's a lot of mysteries out there. One thing interesting about Leviathan, and I won't get deep into it, go read chapter 41 of Job because Leviathan is this, this fiery sea serpent and he's used as a comparison to Satan in the scripture. And interesting in Job 41, this is a side note, Job forty one thirty four, it says about him, he beholds every high thing. And this is interesting to me. He is king over all the children of pride. I find that interesting in this day we're living in. And then in all of it, again, the creatures wait upon God and he takes care of them care of them. You got to need, wait on God. Look to God. 29 and 30. And this is some scripture that some people, you know, it wrestle with and they're like, I don't want to hear this, but it's true. He says, you hide your face. They are troubled. You take away their breath. They die and return to the dust. You send forth your spirit and they are created and you renew the face of the earth. Look at this is a biblical truth and I, I, I don't, I don't ever want to twist scripture you know, to appease a certain audience that says, well, we don't want to hear that. This is a this is a, a scripture, an ecclesiastic speaks of this. Listen, animals are not created in the image and likeness of God. And that's actually a message that needs to get out there far and broad today because there's a lot of people, they love animals more than people. They're more about saving whales in the ocean than they could care less about babies. Can you imagine if there was a proposition that says, you know what, we want to make a proposition that until a puppy's weaned, you can go out and you can kill it, you can can take all of them and put them in a bag and bury them in your backyard, nothing will happen to you, I'll tell you, boy, people would be in an uproar, would they not, (gasps) oh, you know, you'd have those, and again, I, again, I, I, yeah, that's horrible, but proposition one says you can kill your baby for a week after it's born and boy if anyone even investigates it we're going to lock them up animals are not created in the image and likeness of god they're a blessing are they not i already gave a shout out to two labradoodles god i going soft what's going on up here But is the one that says, you made them crazy because they've chased the ball and wrestled all day. and everyone. Else. Anyhow, listen, when animals die, they cease to exist. Their spirit goes back to the earth. Some people don't want to hear that. When man dies, his body goes to the earth. His spirit goes to the Lord where it's judged. And then you're going to the Lord's presence or you're going to hell to wait a resurrection either unto glory or unto eternal torment. The Bible makes it clear. Well, I don't want to go to heaven if my dog's not going to be there. Listen, when you're in heaven, you're going to have one desire to worship God and it's going to be perfectly fulfilled for all of eternity. Your dog's a blessing. Your pets are a blessing. Thank God for them. A wicked man's cruel to his animals. but beasts aren't people. And let me ask you this. Are you more sorrowful about the biblical fact that your pet won't be in heaven or the fact that hell is full of people right now? And there's a wide road and a gate and many are upon it on their way to hell. Because again, our our culture has twisted our thinking so much where people value animals above people. And that's problematic. Jesus died on the cross to save people created in the image and likeness of god again pets are a blessing thank god for them i'm an animal lover i'm always the one that when the cat comes around i'm the guy that ends up feeding or whatever else my little girls they got guinea pigs and then they kind of started becoming little teenagers and guess who took care of those guinea pigs it was pastor steve you know it oh he's hungry i'll go get him some lettuce and whatnot We're almost done here, 31. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. He's eternal. His glory endures. Listen, he rejoices in his works. Let's rejoice with the Lord in his works, amen? He just looks and stuff happens. He touches and things melt. He speaks and things change. Let's cast all our cares on him knowing he cares for us. Let's remember his arm is not shortened that he can't minister to us. David says in 33, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. Can we say amen to that? I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. So in other words, all these things said, his benefits, his awesomeness, and so forth. How am I gonna respond? I'm gonna sing to the Lord. Let's not waste days not singing to the Lord. Let's not let lies rob us of walking on our purpose to give glory to God. If you've drifted away because of bitterness or selfishness or just the stinking lies of this world, let's get corrected today. Let's get back to the business of giving glory to God. His ways are so much better. And you know, maybe you're like, well, I came here today and yeah, I've been, and I'm, you know, what do I do? I've just been so far out here and whatnot. The Bible says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. His arms are open. Bend knee to him, he'll meet you where you are at. Verse 34, may the meditation, may my meditation be sweet to him, I will be glad in the Lord. He ain't talking about yoga positions here and emptying his mind. He's talking about thinking on God's word. That the things I think about be sweet to the Lord. God knows all our thoughts. That's a frightening thought in itself. He knows what's going on in our minds. Are our meditations glorifying to God? Are they sweet to God? Or are we just thinking like the world? Again, remember in Noah's days, man's thoughts were continually set upon evil. And when I see the gross evil going on in the world, look at, I'll bring it up again, and I don't mean to be redundant, but I'm gonna address the issues of the day. When I see a drag queen story hour and little children being subjected to this rank Satanism, when I hear about churches embracing that, when I hear about, again, our kids under the assault of liars telling little girls they can be boys and little boys to be girls. Guys, we gotta wake up to this. Don't let your your heart begin to grow cold and say this is normal. This is vast wickedness. And if you're supporting this stuff in any way or turning a blind eye, you know what? The Lord rebuke you, you need to repent from that. If God's church doesn't stand up, who's going to? Well, I might not be like. They might counsel me. Well, listen, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He'll take care of you. He'll go before you. But look at when you see this stuff, when I see this stuff, I always try to remind myself, that's the product of people not thinking about God, not thinking about the word of God. And I'll tell you, it motivates me to say all the more, I wanna set my mind on the Lord. I wanna set my mind on the scriptures. I wanna be a set apart for him. God who is good versus this, again, destructive Wickedness. Almost done. He says, "I will be glad in the Lord." He didn't say I might be glad or I'll try to be glad. I will be glad in the Lord. So, in other words, if my soul don't want to rejoice, I'm going to force my soul to rejoice. My God is good, and I'm going to rejoice in Him, and I'm going to stand in the again. The, the truth of God's word and his attributes. And I'm gonna put down all those things that would want to come in and try to steal away that joy that I'm called to stand in even on the worst day of my life, knowing that my God's on the throne. May, and then notice verse 35, may sinners be consumed from the earth and the wicked be no more. See guys, that's why we gotta talk about this stuff. That's why I can't just be, well, I'll just stay in my own lane or whatever. You do you, I'll do me and so forth. Is that loving our neighbor? Wicked, the, the, the wicked will be consumed from the earth. Uh, sinners will be consumed from the earth. The wicked will be no more. We gotta stand up and speak truth. Again, the enemy has done a really good job to put fear in people's hearts. I'll get counseled. I'll offend somebody, so on and so forth. Listen, we're offending God when we don't speak the truth, when we don't intervene and stand in the gap for children, even in this, you know, at this community that we're in right here. This stuff isn't just off somewhere in San Francisco and New York and whatnot. This is going on right here. And so he stops or he ends this with again how he started. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord. I'm gonna worship God. I'm gonna give glory to God. And again, the Lord who made the way that we don't have to perish and sending his son. Let's stand up and we'll close in prayer here. Heavenly Father, we bless you and praise you. We give you glory, Lord. Oh, Lord God, I pray we'd be found a people abounding in you, standing in truth, Lord. Lord God, we know that we are engaged in a warfare and that can get wearisome. that can get tiring, that can be difficult. Let us remember the answer isn't to bury our head in the sand and run away. Let us remember, God, you've given us armor to move forward. And I pray, God, that we would absolutely be found, God, giving you praise and glory at every single turn, Lord, our high charge to give glory to God. Lord, I pray that we won't be short-sighted in, God, your, Lord, many provisions and the benefits we have in you and just the awesomeness, God, of you sustaining everything. Lord, I pray we won't be short-sighted when it comes to eternity and judgment and the fact that if men don't call upon Christ, You made it very clear they'll spend eternity in a hell. Thank you for the good news. Thank you for what you've done. Lord, I hope and pray we all know you here today. But listen, if you're here today, if you haven't called upon Jesus, today's the day of salvation. It's time to repent. It's time to call upon the Lord. It's time to ask for forgiveness and turn to him to be your savior, to be your God, to be your king. And the Bible says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, I would hope any in that place, God, are responding to you even now. Strengthen us, God. Help us, Lord. Lord, bless the food we're gonna eat out there again to our bodies. And let us finish right now, lifting our voice to the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Let's worship him. (laughs)
1: Smile Take me home What joy shall fill
0: I just pray God will richly bless you and shine his face upon you this day and the Lord willing this week before us. Look at the food out there has been prayed over and blessed, go enjoy that and encourage others. And uh, again, God bless you all.